Let all be at peace. Turned off the wrong one. Let all be at peace. This phrase is taken from the rule of St. Benedict. It could well be our most important prayer in these days. To live in a world free of anxiety and violence, free of fear and scarcity. Surely that is the prayer and the dream of every one of us. The readings for today tell us that it is the dream of God as well. Let all be at peace. On this last Sunday of the Church's liturgical year, the readings give us a reason for hope. The passage from Ezekiel paints pastoral tranquility. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he preaches about the victory of Jesus over every sovereignty, authority, and power, and even over death itself. This victory came at a great price, his own suffering and death, and yet it is our most precious heritage. The account of the final judgment in the Gospel brings together these themes, these threads of hope and peace, and they shape this feast of Christ the King. In Ezekiel, the peace that the people of God are promised comes from the unconditional care of the shepherd. And the shepherd is none other than God. I myself will look after and tend my sheep. The words of the psalmist in probably the most popular of all the psalms, Psalm 23, echoes the same sentiment and the same promise of God. And as these readings are in the lectionary for this Feast of Christ the King, then these images are attached to Christ. He is the King who lovingly cares for us. Not with the power that subjects, but with the passion that serves. And he gathers each and every one of the flock, the people of God. He's most attentive, Ezekiel tells us, to those who are in any kind of need, those who are injured or sick, those who have strayed. As Paul reminds the believers in Corinth, so great, so great is the Lord's love for his people that he is willing to offer his own life. This is clearly not the posture of a sovereign ruler that is more often oppressive, but it is an astonishing love that liberates from every shadow and darkness and gives the fullness of life. When we read the gospel with these thoughts in mind, the harshness of the judgment is seen in a different light. For the basis for judgment is not that the shepherd 
suddenly has lost concern for the people of God. But that the failure of social responsibility among the people that the shepherd loves has caused great pain in the shepherd, the Son of God. In Ezekiel, we read that the shepherd was especially attentive to those who needed more love. And now the gospel story reveals that the shepherd not only lives with the flock and cares for them, but that he is indeed within the ones who are so often ignored. The shepherd identifies with each one of them. Whatever you did for one of these, you did for me. The shepherd and the people, the flock, are one. And so the image of the king is turned upside down. The shepherd king is one of those who has been excluded, one of those who has been placed on the margins of social acceptability, one of those who has been passed over, one of those who has struggled for basic necessities, and one of those who may have given up the struggle altogether. So the message for us seems pretty clear. We are to take up the task of the shepherd and provide for all those who are our brothers and sisters, not because they are fellow citizens, but because they are the face of the Lord himself. And so this feast offers us a comfort and a challenge. The comfort comes in the assurance of the Lord that we are his very own. He loves us with the gentleness of the shepherd. And the challenge comes in that he calls us to do the same toward each other, lifting up those who are bowed down by any aspect of life so that one day one hope may be realized that all be at peace.